You are listening to The Gateway Church, located in Ferrisburg, Michigan. You can learn more about us by visiting thegateway.church or like and follow us on Facebook, where you can watch full services, keep up with all that is going on, and get connected. So, the book of James, we've been working through it. It's a letter written by uh, James, who was an early church leader, the, the half-brother of Jesus. And the theme for this book has been everyday faith. Everybody say, everyday faith. Kind of this moment by moment, step by step, day by day, year by year, until the grand finale, which I guess is heaven, right? Where we either are ushered into eternity by passing on this side of eternity or the Lord returns and catches us up. We call that the rapture. Either way, you say, well, what does everyday faith look like? If you boil it all down week in and week out when we've been studying the book of James, it has looked like stability. Everybody say stability. And we're talking about being steadfast or mature. Being a doer of the word and not just a hearer of the word. Not being judgmental. Respect everyone always, right? Slow to speak, quick to forgive, avoiding conflict, uh, drawing near to God, right? All of these things we've looked at week in and week out through the fall. Being a wisdom seeker, being selfless, and being patient, right? All of these things are keys to help us to be stable believers. But there's one more thing that we want to hone in on this uh, last service in the last little bit of James. And the key verse is found in verse 16. James 15, verse 16. Turn with me there. uh, On the second part of that verse, it says, the prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. This is where we're going to look And the thing that I want you to see as we look at this verse in particular is that stable people, mature believers, are people of prayer. Hands down, you show me a strong believer, they're a person of prayer, being consistent in prayer. And if you're a brand new believer or you're all new to this, you're saying, what does it look like to be consistent in prayer? For some of you, you know the verse that says we should pray without ceasing. You're saying, how in the world do you pray without ceasing? Well, you pray without ceasing. I'll give you a good example. I was fixing my lawnmower. Uh, my friend Paul Maher uh, was over, and uh, hopefully this is okay if I share this, but uh, he, we were wrenching a little bit, and, uh, and you know, working on a lawnmower, I'm not a big fan. You know, I, I don't work on anything. And, uh, but I was trying to save a few bucks, and Paul's like, hey, I could probably help. And so we got it up on the ramps. I'm underneath it. And, and I mean, thinking swear words, not saying them out loud, but I'm just saying, like, this is the worst. But along the way, I'm, uh, I, so I've got a little enemy inside of me, but I also, apparently, Paul recognized that a couple times I'm, I'm asking the Lord for help. I'm like, oh, Lord Jesus, help this thing to start, right? Or like, help this to work out. And afterwards, he's like, hey, I noticed that you, that you, were, you were praying, or like, you're calling out, and Jesus, that's praying without ceasing, inviting Jesus into your every day, step by step, our lives, our prayer. And that's what we want to focus in on today. As we do that, there's an overriding as we kind of are bringing the plane in for landing. I also want you to know that with everyday faith, the process is the point. 
So the process of prayer, the process in our lives is the point. It's not the final destination, the grand finale. And when I was thinking of this, the first example that came to my mind, I don't know how many of you have ever seen the movie Holes. Anybody seen the movie Holes? Where it says, you take a bad boy and you make him dig holes and it turns him into a good boy. How many of you ever heard that? All right, yeah, that's, that's Holes, right? And the idea is that the process is the point. It's not about digging the holes. It's about the character building. I asked the staff, and I was saying, hey, where else? Where is it that we, that we see that the process is the point? And someone said, oh, with school, the learning, kind of day by day. It's not necessarily the graduation, although we celebrate that. It's the process that makes the difference. Someone else talked about a health journey, like it's our day-to-day decisions. You know, it's, it's along the way. And then someone was real morbid, said, hey, uh, I, I think of a funeral. I'm like, oh, that's kind of sad. But at a funeral, you want nice things to be said about you. And it's not about the funeral. It's about the process or the remembering the life. And I thought, oh, that's good. And then one of our staff came up with something that I had never heard of. And I'll give you one guess in just a second who explained, as I said, hey, the process is the point. What comes to mind? And this staff person said, a MacGuffin. Exactly. Does anybody in the room, have you ever heard of a MacGuffin? Anybody at all? Two? Pat? Oh, who do you think came up with a MacGuffin? I'll give you one guess. Come on. Bobby. The resident weird guy. (laughs) I love you, man. You got two friends right here. A MacGuffin. And he's like, hey, let's look it up. And I'm like, and he's like, yeah, it's like in a movie, right? The adventure in the movie, it's about the, the, the learning or the, the growth within the characters. It's not about the destination, right? And I was like, okay. And he looked it up and he was right, like he always is, a MacGuffin. And so let's stand and let's get our mind around the last few verses, the MacGuffin found here in, first, or in James chapter 5. All right, here we go. MacGuffin. Boom. Love you, Pastor Bobby. All right, it says in James chapter 5, starting verse 13, is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. In fact, if you got a pen, I encourage you to circle every time it says pray here. It's seven times. You'll see it. And uh, just the highlight of this particular section. It says, anyone cheerful, let him sing praise. And that sing praise is kind of a worship sense. And uh, it's arguably a, a prayer. It's a type of prayer. But that's not one of the seven. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him and anoint him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick, and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. And by the way, at the end of the service, we're going to do just that. Then we get to the second half of that verse, verse 16, that says, The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. And we're going to focus in on the as it is working in a moment. And then it says, Elijah 
was a man with a nature just like ours. And he prayed fervently that it might not rain. And for three years and six months, it did not rain on the earth. Then he prayed again, and heaven gave rain, and the earth bore its fruit. My brothers, if anyone among you wanders from the truth and someone brings him back, let him know that whoever brings back a sinner from his wandering will save his soul from death and will cover a multitude of of sin. Lord Jesus, I pray that you would just allow your word to come alive in this place. And Lord, let it make a difference in our lives today. In Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated this morning. There's quite a bit that we could focus in on in James chapter 5 here. You could look at the difference or the correlation between being sick and sick or in sin. And uh, it's interesting in the Greek, it's, it's a constantly sinning. And I thought that was an interesting idea, but we're not going to take a whole lot of time with that. There's a link here to, uh, between confession and our healing, which is, which is very powerful thought. Uh, also that God is concerned with our souls. As, he, as James wraps up the, the rest of the letter, uh, he he's, has a... He's talking to prodigal sons and daughters, saying, come home in regards to that. But the focus of this chapter or this, partic- this section is definitely prayer in my mind. And so let's talk about prayer. I already said it before, but mature, stable believers are praying people. And prayer simply is talking with God. It's not complicated. It's not showy. In fact, I would say it should not be showy. We're not to be Pharisees saying, hey, look at me. And it's talking and listening to God. It's kind of the both, both and. And part of our everyday faith is a prayer walk or a prayer time. And there are seven times in, the, in these verses that it says to pray. And when you think about these, uh, I want you to, to think about your own life. It's, it talks about when we're suffering, when we're cheerful, when we're sick, and praying for souls should be co- continuous in evangelism type of way. These are the areas in this particular passage that talk, these are the things that we should be praying about praying for ourselves, praying for others. There's no room for isolation as a believer. We need to bring others into it. And when it comes to sickness and suffering and, um, and, and these things and, uh, and sin, that's since, the, since Genesis chapter 3, when sin entered the world through Adam and Eve. It's part of the human con- condition. But God, he invites us into the mix, and our response should be prayer and worship, prayer, and praise. But I do wrestle in my mind, and I don't know about you, with that suffering and that sickness in particular. And I often will ask, why are people, why do people get sick? Or why, in some cases, why do people, uh, are, they're sick and they don't get better? And, and I want you to know this morning that the process of their healing is the point. Sometimes there's loss, there's pain, or sickness without any indication of why. And let's just be honest, that's frustrating. It's really hard. And I know people, there are people right here that could give testimony that, that it's frustrating. 
But the rain falls on the just and the unjust, doesn't it? And in verse 14, 15, and 16 in James chapter 5, some people look at it and say, oh, that's controversial or that's complicated. Calling for the elders of the church, is that for today? Is there healing for today? And I, would, I just want you to know, it's not complicated for me. I take a simple look at God's word and I believe what it says. And that's the, one of the big points I want to get across today is that God still heals people. And he saves people still. And he's saving, he's healing people. Hebrews chapter 13 verse 8 says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday as he is today and will be forever. He's the same God. In fact, I've been singing a song called Same God by Elevation Church. Write it down. Same God, Elevation Church. Put it on repeat. I, I led three different meetings this week. On, on Tuesday night, missions, we started with the song. Wednesday night, prayer, we started with the song. Thursday night, board meeting, we started with the song. It's, it's stirring in my heart. I invite you to sing it and to, to get to know it. You say, well, Why? Do people die then? Well, the truth is we are not immune to sickness or death. Cemeteries are full of believers. And all I can say is it really points us to the sovereignty of God. We got to trust God that he sees the beginning from the end. He understands it all. And we put our faith and trust in him. But along the way, I love this, James encourages for us to call the elders of the church, the overseers, to pray over the sick, to anoint them with oil. And by the way, when, they, when the early church heard to anoint with oil, that was reserved for royalty in the Old Testament. And so this was a new practice. The oil was to be set apart. Kings were anointed. Commoners were not, but now we're saying, we're going to anoint you. It's going to set you apart. Not name it, claim it, not to an extreme, but praying, believing, asking God for miracles. You say, well, why? Why is that? Well, with everyday faith, the process is the point, is where I want to go. And for me, I do not personally have a problem with not knowing it all, not knowing the beginning from the end. Uh, there are things that I do not understand. Actually, I have more security in the things I cannot see or figure out. The process is the point. Being consistent in prayer is the key. Look at it. James 5, verse 16, the second part says, the prayer of a righteous person has great power. It's powerful. And we are all encouraged to be a prayer warriors in that way. But then it has a little phrase, as it is working. And this really caught my attention. It's like God wants to take us on a faith journey. He wants us to grow up. It's the process and the example that James uses is perfect. He uses the example of Elijah. Let's look at it. Verse 17 says, Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. He prayed fervently in it, that it might not rain. And for three, and a half, or three years and six months, it did not rain on the earth. Then he prayed again, and heaven gave rain, and the earth bore its fruit. 
you could read that in about 10 seconds, 15 seconds, and think, wow, all right, that was pretty amazing, and it just happened just the way, just like that. Well, listen, uh, it was not quick. It was not easy for Elijah. It was a process, and to find kind of the truth in that, let's turn all the way back to the Old Testament, to 1 Kings chapter 17. If you don't have a Bible, it'll be on the screen. You can write it in on your journals for sure. And there are three things here that we want to kind of illuminate in the story that we just read in two verses. It takes a couple chapters to get through, and we'll promise, I promise I'll get you out in a, in a timely fashion, but the first thing we're going to see is that faith, everyday faith, begins with a word from the Lord. This is a big deal. Here we go. 1 Kings chapter 17, verse 1 says, Now Elijah, who was a prophet of God, in the time where King Ahab was ruling, and uh, there was a big division between serving God and just living like the world. Uh, King Ahab was a wicked ruler, uh, and Elijah was a prophet of God. It says, now Elijah, who was a Tishbe, or from Tishbe the, in Gilead, told King Ahab, as surely as the Lord, uh, the, God, the God of Israel lives, the God I serve, there will be no dew or rain during the next few years until I give word. Now that is a bold proclamation. You don't say something like that unless you have heard from the Lord. Can I get an amen? If you just don't, that is a strong, uh, strong word. It's almost what it reminds me of is getting an acceptance letter for college. And I know we've got some students in the room that are high school seniors, and, and I know that some have, have got an acceptance letter, uh, one in particular over in this area, to all the way to Florida. And I've been, we've been rejoicing, like, oh, this is exciting. And I won't point you out. But, um, but, but I'll tell you, getting the word that you've been accepted is a big deal. It reminds me of the, the movie uh, Rudy, right? Uh, it's, a, it's a MacGuffin, if you didn't know. Um, but Rudy, the story, right, is like he, he's trying to get into uh, Notre Dame, trying to get into Notre Dame, uh, denied, denied, denied. He finally gets in, and that's not the end of the movie, right? That's just the beginning of that next process, right? And really, the story is a MacGuffin. It's the process. Man, this is just, that word is just going to keep coming. Every time I say MacGuffin, we should uh, celebrate. But anyway, but, uh, but it's true. That's what it reminds me. Like you get a word from the Lord and you hang on to it, right? Like you hang on to an acceptance letter saying, hey, I'm, I'm going to Florida or I'm going wherever. And, but how many know that's just the beginning? And for Elijah, as you read through chapter 17 and chapter 18, uh, Elijah deals with a widow and her son. Uh, the widow blames Elijah that her son has died, and he calls out to God three different times, prays for the boy, and he does come back to life. Chapter 18, uh, Elijah is now up against 450 prophets of Baal, and they're cutting themselves and screaming and hollering and calling down fire. Nothing happens. And then Elijah steps up, douses a, an altar with water, and then fire from heaven comes down. It's a crazy story. It's part of the process. This is all through the season where there's no rain. Everyday faith. Elijah was hanging on to the word of the Lord from chapter 17, verse 1. 
And the second thing we see is that the faith, everyday faith, continues as you hold on to what God says. So again, there's a process. You're holding on. And when I think about holding on, I think back a couple years ago. I did a health assessment, and I was, uh, it was like, how many push-ups can you do? How many sit-ups can you do? And then it talked about pull-ups, and I've shared this before. I could not do one pull-up. It was pathetic. <laughs> I know you're thinking, that's really bad, and, uh, and it was just the case. I couldn't do one pull-up. The very next thing, so I put zero, and then it said, how long can you dead hang? I'd never even heard of a dead hang, but uh, what a dead hang is, you hang onto a bar with your feet not touching the ground for as long as you can. I, I hate to even say guess how long. I'll just tell you, 10 seconds, and I couldn't hang on any longer. Now, if someone had a gun to my head, I could have maybe lasted five more seconds. I don't know. Uh, or if they were offering me $100, I might have hang on, hung on for 20 more seconds. I don't know. But at this point, this week, this, this week I was thinking about it in, in the gym. Pastor Sean and I work out together. I can hang on to the bar for over a minute. And awesome. so you're welcome. Yeah, I mean, I think. But anyway, but hanging on. Faith continues as you hold on to what God says. So it's a process. Let's look at it in the scripture. 1 Kings 18 now, verse 43. Actually, I want to kind of go, if you can put up 42 first, just for a second. Uh, Let me just kind of give you the background. So Elijah, there's no rain, three years, six months. And then Elijah says to the king, Ahab, uh, verse 41, go get something to eat and drink, I, for I hear a mighty rainstorm coming. So before he saw anything, before he heard anything uh, physically, uh, Elijah is, is saying, hey, this is about to come to fruition. I'm about to, uh, God is about to allow it to rain. And then verse 42, if we can put that up there, I think we have it, says, Ahab went to eat and drink because Elijah said to do so. But Elijah climbed to the top of Mount Carmel. He bowed low to the ground and he prayed with his face between his knees. And that's where we'll pick up 43. It says this, then he said to his servant, go and look out toward the sea. And the servant went and looked, then returned to Elijah and said, Elijah, I didn't see anything. There had been no rain for three and a half years, and the clouds are nowhere to be seen. And this didn't happen just one time, or two times, or three times, or four times, or five times. On the sixth time, the servant comes back and says the same thing again. I see nothing. I don't see anything. And what does, Ahab, or what does Elijah do? He bows his knees, head between his legs. He prays. He says, go look again. And on the seventh time, it says, the seven times Elijah told him to go back and look. Finally, the seventh time, his servant told him, I saw a little cloud about the size of a man's hand rising from the sea. Then Elijah shouted, hurry to Ahab uh, and tell him, climb into your chariot and go back home. If you don't hurry, the rain will 
be serious, it will stop you. It just reminds me that there was a process here. Elijah had to hold on to this word from back in 17.1, three and a half years, and now it's coming to fruition. The third thing I see in this story, though, is that everyday faith, faith in this case, it goes from small beginnings to a grand finale. Uh, I mean, I mean a grand finale. It, it continues, verse 45. It says, as soon, and soon the sky was black with clouds. A heavy wind brought a terrific rainstorm, and Ahab left quickly for Jezreel. So he's headed back into the city. Then the Lord gave special strength to Elijah. He tucked in, in his cloak into his belt, and he ran ahead of Ahab's chariot all the way to the entrance of Jezreel, back to the city. This is amazing. So Elijah spoke it, he called it, and it happened. He had heard a word from the Lord, he held on to it, and I'm talking small beginnings, just a little cloud in the sky, and then it rolled in, and it was a major storm. And what's cool is in the process, God was a supernatural God. It's almost like God was just smiling. Uh, Ahab, the king, is in a chariot, and he's heading back to, to, uh, to Jezreel, and he's just you know, going along. And then we see, according to the scripture, that Elijah gets supernatural strength. He outruns a chariot. He's like, and he takes off. And he beats King Ahab back to the city. Pretty cool. Faith goes often from small beginnings to the grand finale. We should not despise the beginnings that are small. Zechariah 4.10 says, Do not despise these small beginnings, for the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. That can happen in a lot of different ways. For me, my mind this week when I was studying this went to finances and, and saving for retirement. Um, if you've ever started to save for retirement, and I remember we moved here. Uh, we were 30 years old, 30, 31 years old, and, uh, and we had not saved a red cent for retirement, not one penny. We just, it was never even on our radar. We went through Dave Ramsey class and we're like, oh, we should be saving for our retirement. And so we started and it was small, like one or 2% at that point. And it was like, okay, is this even making a difference? Even a year or two or three or five years, it's like, what in the world? But it's the process that's the point of consistently putting money away that someday, someday, Lord willing, we'll be able to retire. And with everyday faith, it's the process that's the point. I want you to see that. One last illustration as we close. And it's probably the, the one that's most meaningful to me because of the season that we're in. Jessica and I, we are close to empty nesting. And uh, if you don't know what that means, basically is that our kids are grown and out of the house. And, uh, but I've been reflecting a lot about the journey, and especially this week as I was studying. In fact, uh, to the point uh, that I was, <laughs> I was studying back in one of the kids' rooms, and um, uh, Pastor Jamie uh, walked in on me, and she looked at me, and she's like, are you okay? And I, I, I was like in tears as I was just thinking about what I'm about to share. And um, I was thinking about just the journey with our kids the first diaper that I ever changed from Reagan. I remember it because if you've been a parent, um, 
is it meconium? And uh, I know Jessica said, don't say that second service, but if you know, you know. And uh, it's just, it's like, what has just happened? But then you almost want that back because then I'm thinking, I remember the blowouts, you know, like up and down and all around. It's like, give me the meconium back, if that's even the right word. I don't even know if it is. And I was thinking about the time when Reagan puked on me all over me at an Easter egg hunt, and Jessica was out of town, and I'm thinking, Jessica, where are you? <laughs> and, uh, and I remember in that season I, when Jessica came back, and I don't, think, I don't recommend this, but I told her, you remember, I said, Jessica, if you die, I will get married immediately. <laughs> and uh, I didn't tell her to who, but, uh, but I, it, was, it was one of those moments. And I've been thinking about it this, this week, about broken bones, Logan, and then broken again, right? And then I was thinking about trips to the doctors and staying home because the kids were sick and, and uh, this and that. I remember Logan uh, <laughs> puking in my tent as we were camping. And just all these memories are flooding. And uh, then issues with friends, issues with boyfriends and girlfriends and drama of all sorts. And I've been thinking, you know what? We need, Jessica and I, we have needed an everyday faith to make it. (laughs) We just do. And then most recently, praying for God's will for our daughter. And you guys know the story. And feeling like there's direction and saying goodbye to Cairo, and then her coming back, and then saying goodbye a second time, Lord help us. And then my son, with I don't know if you know, but uh, he wants to move away, and uh, he wants to live in San Diego. He's going to give it a go, and so we're preparing to say goodbye, and, and empty nesting. I'm thinking, we always thought, man, this is going to be awesome, and it's hard, and uh, harder than we expected. And I'm thinking, okay, where's the grand finale with raising kids? And I'm not even sure there is. Maybe it's a wedding or I don't know. Because raising kids takes everyday faith. And raising adult kids or being a parent to an adult kids is not easy. I'm, we're just in the early stages of that. And so if you're a parent, you, you understand. And the point is, is we need to embrace what James is saying in the letter we need to heed his warnings. We need to impart what we have learned. We need to own it for our own lives and share it for others. And someday, we will look back on the process and be thankful. It's the process for God's hands of protection and provision and healing, his grace and his forgiveness and the joy and the laughter. Church, we are always going to be in a everyday faith-building season. And it will create an unshakable faith. And the point is the process. It's, I don't know if there's a grand finale with raising kids. I, we haven't got there yet. But we should enjoy the process and the finale, whatever that is. And the point that I want you to see as we wrap up here in just a moment is that there's waiting, there's ups and downs, there's the wrestling in and out of the the thick of things. And as we travel through this life, it's when we're suffering, when there's trouble, that we're never closer to Jesus. 
And I'll tell you, right now, in this season, I feel a little like Elijah, with the he- my head between my knees in prayer. The Lord has put some thoughts on our hearts for Christmas, and we are praying for the best Christmas ever. And I just want to challenge you, get your friends and family here. It will be a blessing to them. Uh, my head is between my knees praying, saying, Lord, how are we going to meet budget for 2022? Uh, we've had some ups and downs, and I'll tell you, there's a couple months that were very, very low, and it's like, all right, Lord. And then there's been people that have been saved, and how do we walk with those people? And ups and downs again, and it's hard, and I feel like I'm in a place like Elijah. But by faith, with an everyday faith, We move on. We keep speaking. We keep believing. We're committed to good stewardship, right? And it's in those moments where our head is between our knees in prayer that we're close to God. And I think that's the point. All of a sudden, during the process, we will notice, we'll say, man, look at us. We're out running a chariot. But the process is the point. And in the story of Elijah, 1 Kings 17, 18, and 19, when you look at it in its entirety, Elijah, I believe, was never closer to God than when he was on his knees with his head between his legs. And I believe that that's the MacGuffin that God wants us to experience. Boom! Had to bring it back one more time. On our knees for our kids. On our knees praying over our finances. On our knees praying over relationships, our friendships, our marriages, our work, our schooling. (laughs) For some of you here, you're wondering how you're going to provide for Thanksgiving. You, You need to be on your knees asking God for help in sickness and suffering. And when we pray and we focus and we become a, a person that finds ourselves on our knees before the Lord, what happens is the ups and downs kind of, they, they make their way where they're not so, so extreme. And we find stability. And that is the point of the book of James. I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes with me as we prepare to respond this morning. I'm going to ask the worship team to come and to prepare. I want to ask one final question today. What are you facing today? Where do you need God in your life today? If you don't know Jesus as your personal Savior, you need to respond and to accept him as your personal Savior. If you're here today and you are sick or have a physical ailment, you need to respond today. But it's not just in these major crises. In our everyday faith, there is something today that you need the Lord to help you with. So this is what we're going to do. If you are here today and you have a physical need where you need the Lord to touch you, uh, you need a healing in your body or in your mind, I want you just to stand right where you are. 
I just, just be bold. I want you, if you have a healing that is needed, yeah, just stand. Yeah, thank you. It's great. Stay standing. And the point is here that, well, we may all be standing here in a second, so just bear with me. If you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus as your personal Savior, I want to give you, or you're away from God and you're saying, boy, I am really not serving the Lord, uh, if I'm honest, and I need to come back to Jesus in either one of those ways. I want you to stand right where you are. Just stand up right where you are. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Anyone else? Yeah. And now, I want you to think about your life for a moment. What is it that comes to mind that you're saying, you know, God, I need you today for what I'm facing. And once you understand that, once it, something comes to your mind, I want you to stand right where you are. So what is it? If you, if, what is it in your mind? You're saying, yep, I, I, I need you today. I need you. Yes. Yeah. And I'm just waiting. What is it? I, I just want to encourage you. Dig deep. Where do you need God today? And once you have acknowledged that, I want you just to stand right where you are. Right where you are. What are, what are you in need of today? Yeah. Yeah, thanks. When it comes to your mind, I want you just to stand right where you are. And we'll just wait. something that you desperately need the Lord for in this season. I just want you just to acknowledge that. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. I'm serious. What is it that is coming to mind? And once you acknowledge that, I want you just to stand right going to do is we're going to respond. And I'm going to just be bold here. If you stood for prayer, for healing, our prayer partners, in fact, our prayer partners can come now and they'll stand on the sides here on this side and on this side. And there, there's anointing oil on both sides. You guys just can grab those and utilize those. Just back up. Uh, and you can come. So if you will, guys, like just what Paul's doing there is perfect, just kind of spacing. And so if you need prayer for that, I want you to, I want you just to move and they're going to pray, prayer of faith. We're going to do what James says. We are believing that God, the God of miracles, he's going to meet needs right where we are. And so, for, so a bunch of you stood for healing. I want you to find one of these prayer partners and they're going to pray, anoint you with oil. Yep, he's already coming. Joe, way to go. But I want all of us that are standing, I want you to find a place at the altar. And if you're able, I want you, just like Elijah, I want you to get on your knees and put your head low. And I want you just to cry out to God, say, God, I need you, and you know the circumstance. And so, Pastor Bobby, I'm going to invite you to lead us, the team, 
And I'm going to invite you to come find the spot in the altar. Do you have to move? No, you don't have to move. You can do this at your seat, but I'm telling you, move, it'll, it'll make a difference in your life. And so just kind of in the middle or in the aisles, find a place on your knees. And this song will just resonate with you about building our everyday faith. So Ahab went to eat and drink, but Elijah, and he's our example this morning, climbed to the top of Mount Carmel. He bowed low to the ground and he prayed with his face between his knees. Never closer, right? Then he said to his servants, go look. And the servants came back and says, we didn't see anything seven times it was the process that God was working with the story of the widow just the chapter before three times in this crazy story you should read it he actually gets on the boy's body and like lays on top of him and asks God to, to resurrect this boy one time it doesn't happen and I'm thinking that's crazy I'm not doing that again but he does it a second time it doesn't happen then a third time, and the boy comes back to life. The point is, it's a process. It's a process of prayer. It's a process of growing in our faith. And this morning, I want you to remember this place of consecration. This place where you've invited God into your life, saying, okay, God, I need you. Whatever you're facing today, invite the Lord to be a part. It's the best way to live, hands down. Father, I pray that you just bless this congregation. Bless these people, the people I love. Man, that you've allowed me to serve and will continue to do so. And Lord, I just pray for miracles in their lives for the impossible to be possible in relationships and finances and just in incredible ways. Lord, have your way supernaturally. Lord, it's easy to look around and see how you're working. I mean, I mean, just, it's amazing. God, you're filling this place and it's like we, we're in the process. We're in the thick of things. Things are hard and we can pause and look and say, wow, we're outrunning the chariot. God, you're helping us. And God, I just pray that you would just seal this moment. And not as a one-off, but Lord, that this would be part of our fervent prayer, our constant in prayer. Bring us back to this moment again and again and again, day by day, step by step. And Lord, Help us to experience everything you have for us. Lord, we thank you for saving this morning, for rededicating, for healing this morning. We, we are just grateful for your healing touch. And we thank you for the process that each of us are in, that you're helping us moment by moment. And Lord, I pray that our faith would ever grow and it would be an unshakable faith in Jesus' name. 
And now as we leave, go before us, behind us, and all around us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you. We love you. Thanks for hanging with us. God bless you. Go in the grace of God. Thank you for listening to this week's message from the Gateway Church. If you'd like to find out more about our church, such as service times, giving, and ways to get connected, visit us at thegateway.church.